Welcome to the Snackscast, where we sit down with the teams behind the teams and find out what it takes to grow the game. Today on the show, I sit down with Troy Hall. Troy is one of the most down-to-earth and humble people, having grown up in New Zealand, played rugby in Australia, New Zealand, and the UK before making his way over to the United States uh, and starting a family with his wife, Sarah. Troy was a club rugby stalwart for both White Plains, New York, and Nyack before representing the U.S. for the Eagles 7s and 15s. Um, we talk a little bit about his time as a rugby player and sort of some of the things he went through um, that ultimately led him to decide to start a business that helps athletes um, get to a better performance level than what they're at. And they do that by looking at their mental skills, their training, their physical training, and then also their nutrition. Um, he started that business with his wife, Sarah, who has a background in physiotherapy. And this was an interesting look at Troy's um, journey in how he became in a USA Eagle to, you know, his performances there, then ultimately how he became a coach and now a, a business owner with his wife, Sarah. So I really hope you connect with Troy. It was a super fun conversation with lots of laughs and, and lots of insight into, into Troy and his world. So I really hope you enjoyed listening and connecting with Troy Hall. Could you tell me maybe a fond memory of playing when you were a kid in New Zealand and sort of what's that, what that is like at a, at a young age? It's funny when you said that, I instantly thought of one memory. Um, I'm from a pretty small town in New Zealand, which is Thames, which is on the Coromandel Peninsula, about an hour southeast of Auckland. Um, beautiful beach, mate. Beautiful, beautiful beach. beaches. Beautiful yep. beaches. I know. My kids love it. We, we visit there often. Yeah. <laughs> but I always remember, we, you know, we'd, my earliest memory is just playing, you know, playing barefoot rugby in, in Thames, like on the cold, frosty mornings, um, 9 a.m., you know, you go down and, and you play and then you, you know, as soon as you're done playing, of course, you do a little social with the, with your mates and all that. But then you go home and then you grab a rugby ball and go straight to the backyard and then you continue playing. So it's, I've got two brothers and I think a lot of, we, where we lived was pretty unique. Mm-hmm. All my family was down one road. So I had my uncles, aunties, cousins, grandparents, other uncles, mates, cousins, everyone, you know, all down this, all down the same road. Yeah. So as soon as you got done with playing, like your actual official game of rugby, yeah. you'd go and you'd basically, you'd just continue to play for a couple of hours in your backyard until it was dark or whenever um, uncles would come out. You know, you'd, you'd play, I vividly remember my brother and I, and my two brothers, sorry, yeah. three on three versus our older cousin who was about five, six years older than us, an uncle who was like, 15 years older than us and would be full contact rugby in the backyard, like literally <laughs> laying each other out. And, uh, and this continued, that was, I mean, that continued not just when we were younger, it continued on right through to like sort of your 14, 15 years old, 16 years old. And you just, it's kind of, I don't know if it was just because we were in a small town yeah. and there was nothing else to do except grab a ball in the winter and play rugby. And then, well, it was the same thing in the summer, but you'd be playing cricket. So, yeah. I think it was just it was just that there was a rugby ball wherever you were, and it was just all I knew. You know, it was all I knew. My brothers was outside playing rugby in the backyard. I mean, that's I think that's definitely my earliest memory, and it's one of my fondest memories of of growing up in New Zealand playing rugby. 
That's awesome. It, you know, um, I got to see, they invited us down, our club in New Zealand invited us down to the youth days. And there's a big park in Northland called Kensington Park. And for an American going to a public park and there were so many games going on, you know, it was just an eye-opening, sort of an inspiring scene to be like, mate, there's so many kids here. Like, this is awesome, you know? And and it, and I think we take for granted oftentimes about, about sports and, and early on they should be about fun and, and the memories, which is really cool of you to share that with me. Um, let's take take me through sort of leaving New Zealand, coming over to the States, sort of how did that come about? So, so my, my journey from New Zealand really, because I left New Zealand when I was, what would I have been? I would have been 20, almost 20. So I was 19. Um, and I went west. So I went to Australia first. Yeah. Um, played a season out in Western Australia. Um, played a couple of Singapore, played a couple of sevens tournaments up in the Southeast Asia area. And it kind of opened my, it really opened my eyes to this. I always remember that first plane I got onto. I was so nervous. Like, I mean, I was at the airport going, man, this is, I'm, I'm off on my own now, you know? Yeah. And to a place where I'd never really, I didn't know anyone, just had a connection through rugby out there. And it kind of snowballed from there because after Australia, I went to the UK and played for a while. Yeah. Um, you know, I was going back and forth to New Zealand quite a bit at that point. Yeah. I made it to the States for a couple of years. I mean, for a couple of summers, I was teaching water skiing and wakeboarding in Massachusetts for a couple of summers. <laughs> so that, was, nice. that was kind of my, that was my first taste of America right there. And then ultimately, I think it was 2005. I was like, okay, I'm going to get serious here about rugby. I was going to get, I was, I, I was like, I'm going to go to Western Australia. I'm going to go back to Perth. And I was going to go try and crack the Western Force, mm-hmm. um, the new, new Super Rugby franchise out there. Yeah. So that was my big plan, you know. I was like, I'm going to Perth. I'm going to stay in Perth and until I until I make it or whatever happens, right? Yeah. And what do you know? Three weeks later, after getting in Perth, along came Sarah, which is my which is my my wife, yeah. and um, and that was it. I mean, I played the season in Perth, and she's originally from New York. Yeah. And so I played that season. I was like, I need to find a way to get to New York and and see her again because she she was only in, in Perth for a, for a semester. Okay. Um, so I figured out another contract in the UK. Mm-hmm. I went went back to the, went back to England, but in that contract, I um, part of it was I needed to stop in New York on the way. So I ended up going through New York for about four weeks. Went to the UK. Are you keeping up with all this? Is you getting? Oh, happy? I, <laughs> yeah. I, so I, I, I think went to the UK. Really, yeah. Went to the UK. Came back. Um, and visited her again at Christmas. I was like, you know what, I'm done. And we, then, you know, from there we end up going back to New Zealand just to sort out a visa to go back to America. And the rest is history, mate. Then I'm, that was 2006. I ended up moving to New York. Um, so yeah, it was kind of like that first plane ride to really set the tone for the next sort of five, six years. Yeah, it's it's um, travel is often very closely related to rugby in our journeys right yeah getting yeah. to travel for rugby oh, and it's yeah. i think it's one of the unique experiences in playing in rugby and then on not unlike many of us we meet our, our, our partners along the way and sort of 
we use that travel to gravitate towards them and and they play such an important role in our life and we'll we'll get into more of that in a little bit about that but um yeah. let's let's continue on with a little bit of new york so where when you got to new york what were some of your first impressions of us rugby so my first impression so i went to white plains so my first connection with rugby in new york was with white plains rugby mm-hmm. and I remember just reaching out because I was like, where, where are we living, Sarah? And she's like, White Plains, okay, because she was going to New York Medical School at that point. So I was like, I Googled rugby White Plains and um, a coach came up. So I reached out to the coach and I popped down to a training. And you know what? It was, I really had no expectations to even play rugby in America, to be honest. Really? I mean, I, nice. I was like, I was like tunnel vision. I'm just going to go to America because for one reason, right? So, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, Good man. Um, <laughs> And I was like, you know what, I need to meet people. So I like I said, White Plains rugby. Went down to our first training. Really good bunch, really good club. I mean, that was that was and I was there for the first couple of years I was in the States. Oh, sorry, in, in New York. And um really good guys. I'm still friends with a lot of the guys now. Um, but I always remember to shine up to the first game in, in White Plains and I had no expectations of the I I, I think we played Nyack, actually it was my first game. And um there was no goalposts, and I, I saw. I, I rolled up right, and I was like, "So, boys, where's the uh, where's the where's the post?" Uh, out comes the coach with his truck. Yeah, it's like a whole bunch of PVC pipe, and then <laughs> this, this is how we do it. So they and they'd done it before, obviously. So they they went down each end, put up the post really quick, set up the field, lined yeah. it, and then that was it. And then it was like, okay, that's how we do it. That's how we rolled it. And you know, it was kind of very uh very new to me because I'm, you know, I'm used to being, yeah. you know, you roll up rugby pot, all that stuff. So yeah. it was kind of my first impression was like, you know what, this, it didn't really bother me. It was like, this is, this is quite, quite unique. This is a story and this in itself. Yeah. And, but White Plains was great. I mean, it was a really good bunch of guys, um, really helped transition me to moving into New York and sort of meeting, you know, 25, 30 guys right off the bat. Definitely helped with me settling into New York for sure. That's- so it was, it was, a, it was a good good first couple of years um, playing for White Plains. That's awesome. So you are Eagle number 422. So let's chat a little bit about your time with the Eagles. I believe you made your debut against Tonga? Yep. Yeah? And, yep. and let's talk a little bit about sort of your transition from Australia, UK, New Zealand, obviously, to White Plains. Played a little bit at Nyack and then um, – you, you've become an eagle. What was it like to represent the United States on the international stage? And, and maybe if, are there any fond memories you have of your time as a U.S. eagle? Yeah, mate, it was it was it was amazing to be honest. It was because it was totally not what I was expecting. My, you know, was, I wasn't expecting to come to the states and, and play rugby. And after those first couple of years at White Plains. Um, yeah, as part of that, there was a. I always remember there was a. Uh, remember the ITTs, like the yeah down in Florida, and I ended up. So I went down there and with the Northeast in two thousand and eight, no, two thousand seven yeah. or eight, one of them, and yeah. I had a really good tournament down there, and it was I think it was part of because we had such a cool team, we had such a, a good bunch of guys in the team, which yeah. again, it's always always makes life easier, it makes it easy to perform when you're playing with a bunch of good mates, yeah, and. I remember finishing the tournament and I get a call from uh, so I get a call from Al Caravelli mm-hmm. um, who saw the tournament. He was like, Troy, you want to come to camp? 
I was like, for what? <laughs> he, goes, <laughs> he goes, we got a we got a sevens camp coming up. Um, we're picking a team. So this is sort of rewinding a little bit. I was, you know, this is sevens, not not the fifteens yet. Yeah. And he goes, come into camp. We'll fly in for a week, and if you make the team, you'll get on the plane and go to Wellington. I was like, the Wellington sevens. I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was like, <laughs> then I was like, this is yes, I'm in. Where do, where do I, you know, where do I, where do I start, you know? Yeah. So. Like I said, I was playing really well and, and ended up going out to that camp. And it was kind of like, you you know, you flew in for five or six days. Yeah. Al would put you through your paces and you'd just be running and playing. And um, and there were guys at the camp that I was like, man, these guys are like, Clever was at the camp, like Chris Wiles, Taku Nguyenia, Mike Palafet. All these guys are, yeah. you know, pretty pretty legit players that I'd seen, and but not really had, I hadn't met them or anything at that point. So... I had a really good time at camp and I, you know, I, I did really well. And I ended up getting selected for that camp. I was selected for the tour to Wellington and I think it was Wellington and, which was the trip? San Diego. Wellington and San Diego. That was the back-to-back. And yeah. um, it was, and I, you know, when I got sales, I uh, rang up home, I rang up the parents and I was like, I'm, I'm coming to New Zealand, drive yeah. down to Wellington. I'm playing in the Wellington Sevens. And I mean, that was I mean, the Wellington Sevens at that point it was huge, you know. Yeah. It was like one of those must stops, along with Hong Kong, and yeah. to be able to play there when it was in front of a packed house, in front of my friends and family, and for the for the US to give me the opportunity to do that, mate, it was it was really cool. Um, yeah. It was a real buzz to be able to to say I, I went down to Wellington and played in that tournament, especially after the way things were going from White Plains to that ITTs and everything just started happening from there, and that was really the 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 uh the trigger from there that really got me I want to stay in the Eagles for a long time you know yeah and, and that was that. that was two thousand eight right was that, that was two, sort of the yeah. beginning the beginning yeah. of two thousand eight yeah so yeah. how did how did your um how did your transition happen from sevens to fifteens yeah so so the, it took a little bit of time actually I. I played on this. I played in I think it was four tournaments for the sevens boys, mm-hmm. and because at that point I was working in New York as well. Yeah, I was an electrician in New York, so um, I was. It was that whole. It was a struggle between balancing. How am I going to do both? You know, yeah. how's how's this going to work? Because I played a couple of years. Uh, continued to play club rugby. I played one year at Old Blue. Yeah. Um, went to a couple of US camps, um, and then. I ended up going to Nyack in 2010, and that's when Mike Tolkien was with Nyack with Bruce McLean, and they kind of talked to me. I was like, Troy, I think at that point Tolkien was a defensive coach for the Eagles. Yeah. Um, and I, I'd always got along with him, so we met over the winter in New York, and he was like, "You should come to Nyack." I was like, <laughs> "I was like, okay, let's do this." Because um, at that point, I was really take, I wanted my rugby to go to that next the next level, and yeah. I wanted to have a really good shot at to make the the 2011 World Cup. Mm-hmm. Um, so I figured I've got to do this now in 2010. So, so I went to a couple of camps again, ended up making the, the Churchill cup, um, summer series in June of 2010. And following that is when I, so like we played, uh, that's when my, my debut versus Tonga followed that because I ended up having a neck injury in, in that summer at the Churchill cup. Yeah. So my, my debut was delayed just a little bit, but okay. the transition was interesting though, because you'd go from a sevens camp sometimes to a fifteens camp, and you know it was 
a lot of the same players. At that point, all the sevens boys were going to the 15s camp, but, but for the most part, yeah, so there was no no split really. Yeah. Um. So you're all in the same boat, Brian. At that point, trying to impress Eddie O'Sullivan to bring you back, and yeah. Um, but yeah, the transition was it had its had its challenges, but um, I think it was pretty smooth in the point where I was. I knew my sevens was taken on the, on the back burner a little bit, so I wanted to move forward and try and try and crack the 15 setup. Yeah. What um? What's one of the memorable moments from your time with the Eagles 15 side? I think it was. So the debut was obviously um, really special. Yeah. To play against Tonga, and we were in the UK. The debut was actually in the UK. Yeah. Um, but the touring, the touring, and 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 having the day end out rugby while you're on tour was something that I really loved. I mean, it was it was hard and it was long because and I was away from family and, and it, was, it was a lot of challenges that way. But it was. Because I wanted to be in an environment where I could train every day and, and try and get better every day. Yeah. Um, and the tour was that kind of place. Because um, we're putting a lot of work in, but pre-tours and you're playing, you know, you're playing your club. And mm-hmm. obviously for anyone to get to that level, you've got to put in a lot of work. And to be traveling with the Eagles playing international rugby after growing up in a small town in New Zealand, and it's kind of it was something I'll always cherish. Yeah. You know, even though there were times it was like, man, this is the hardest thing I've ever done, but mm-hmm. and some of the low points, but it was all yeah. all worth it, you know. Okay. Um, and then sort of your transition from from playing into what you're doing now, was there a moment or something that sort of said, Troy, it's it's time to to move in to coaching, to to doing something else else? Was there a was there a moment or, or how did you sort of come to the decision to, to hang them up, hang the boots up? We say hang them up, sorry. Um, <laughs> hang up the boots and then start pursuing um, sort of what you're doing now in terms of coaching and consultancy and that, those sorts of things. Yeah, so I was still – so in, 20, in 2012, Sarah and I actually moved from New York and moved out to, um, to Oregon. Mm-hmm. Where she's originally from, um, and I had a connection out there with the with the youth rugby with Jen Heinrich, right? And because I was doing some work with Play Rugby USA with Mark Griffin, okay. and he knows Jen, so Mark put me in touch with Jen. When I, as soon as I got out there, I went and met with her, because um, at that point I'd also retired from rugby. Yeah, I mean, a short retirement at that point. Yeah, ret- retired. <laughs> exactly, and. Yeah. And and it, the timing was great because she was looking for someone to come in and do development. Yeah. So they had a really established high school program in Oregon, but mm-hmm. there was nothing really below it. There was a couple of sort of spring, there was a couple of leagues below it, but there was nothing really. Um, there were no kids filtering through to the high school leagues that have actually played rugby before. Yeah. So I had one task when I got out there. So the timing was great. She ended up hiring me, um, and but I had one task, and that was to grow the youth leagues out there. Yeah. And she, she gave me a list. I still remember she gave me a list of schools. I was like, Troy, go grow our youth program. I'll, su- <laughs> I'll support you. But this is kind of like a clean slate. Yeah. Um, do, what, you know, do what you do best and, and, just, and just see if you can get more kids playing the game. So, yeah. um, you know, four or five years later, and we ended up quadrupling numbers in the, at the youth levels. And um, it was, you know, getting kids playing in the school. So they're getting people rolling into PE classes with rugby balls and yeah. um, 
because we were we were visiting a lot of schools with a lot of kids, getting teachers to buy into the sport. Um, and the states obviously run really well by Jen, so that helped. Yeah. It helped me do my job because everything was kind of solid on the back end. Yeah, uh, with her. So it was it was a really good time um, working with Rugby Oregon and and obviously coaching a lot. I was doing a lot of coaching. Yeah. I started off doing a lot of kids stuff, then I moved up to the high school where I was just running the All Star program in Oregon. Mm-hmm. So I was actually coaching a specific team. It was just just the All Stars. So I'd be running tryouts and running um, camps throughout the year, running high performance camps where it's just kind of not not full on, but it's just just skill specific stuff and having the kids come out and have a good time. Right. Uh, I'm a big fan. You got to have fun when you play, right? So, yeah. um, of course, there's a lot of hard work involved in that, but it was uh, it was really cool to see the numbers come out, and we developed a really good, really good program. Not only at the youth levels, but also had a, we had a pretty solid all star team. Um, so, it really ignited the coaching side for those few years while I was still playing too. Yeah. So again, I came out of retirement, and when that All Blacks match came on the calendar, I was like, I wanted be a part of that and yeah 2015 world cup was kind of it was kind of like that i had that yeah. break where i did some coaching but then i ended up back playing rugby but when i wasn't actually on the eagles with the tour like touring with the eagles i was still heavily involved with rugby oregon yeah even when i was on tour you know so um provided that nice balance actually yeah i i think and you know, we were talking a little bit about this in the pre-show how rugby organ and your development work was concurrent with some of the time you spent with the Eagles and how those interplayed with each other. And, and it sounds like your work with rugby organ and, and maybe seeing kids getting in, engaged in the sport, maybe ignited a fire again inside of you to, to push really hard for that 2014, 2015 time period um, in terms of rugby development. Right. And, and you spent time at an SRO. I've done the same. Um, I'm interested to know what were some of the challenges you had initially to go um, to start growing rugby with a clean slate. If if Jen's saying, "Hey Troy, go for it," you know, yep. go out there and do it. What were some of the things you found challenging when you started that role? I think the biggest thing was going into a PE class, and because that was one of our sort of strategies, was going into to connecting with teachers. Um, to see if I could go in and run rugby for a day in their PE classes, right? Yeah. And and this thing, that's and this never changed right from when my first day of rugby Oregon to my last was still having those conversations with parents about rugby's okay, yeah. you know, and and having conversations with uh, with teachers saying, look, we're not playing full contact here in the school, you know, like yeah, it's, and because because some of the questions you'd ask the kids, you know. You don't wear pads, and they just—they think you're absolutely crazy. You, you don't wear pads, and yeah. and it was kind of those same barriers over and over again. Every class you'd go to, so that was one of the biggest challenges because it become really draining. Yeah, um, convincing people like rugby's rugby's okay. You know, there's a lot of laws involved in the game where it prevents certain things, but it's it's a contact sport. Don't be wrong, but yeah, um, injuries happen, and there are touch rugby, there's flag rugby, there are other options for kids. Yeah, um, but it's just that constant. It's you're almost convincing, trying to convince people like rugby's fine, like rugby's a great sport, full yeah. of great people, and it's you know it's it's just getting them. It was always getting them to step foot on the field is the hardest thing. Yeah, because once they did, they would that was it. Rugby sold itself. 
you know. Uh, and, I was hoping but, you would say that. I was yeah. hoping you would say that because <laughs> I, 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 that's something I found too was once that step was taken and the kids were throwing the ball around, whether it was just touch rugby, flag rugby, or yeah. evasion games, or you know, skill work, skill development, um, it sold itself. You know, they, it didn't need all the craziness that we have off the field, you know, all the fanaticism and professional yeah. leagues, like none of that stuff mattered. It was just the game sold itself. So I'm so happy you said that, mate, and, and you <laughs> felt that way too. Those are awesome memories and, and awesome sort of insight into what it's like to be a development officer yeah. um, in, in the United States. And we were talking about how the game sells itself. What, um, what were some of the coolest moments you had as a development officer? It's funny. I still stay in touch with because I, I, when I when I first got out there it was twenty twelve, um, mm -hmm. and I always remember the first batch of kids that first came into our programs from me visiting a school. Yeah. Um, and it was an area. It was actually, it was Lake Oswego, which is just outside of Portland, and. So this is 2012, right? Now we're at 2019. So seven years later, and um, there was a different variety of kids, different different ages that came out of those schools, and and sort of they'd brought their sibling out and their brother out, you know. Yeah. And and one of the guys is actually going OSU this year, um, and another's playing in Canada, and uh, another one's doing. It's just seeing them follow rugby through the, the you almost growing up with them. Yeah. Um, and not to, and there's other kids that have come into our, into the programs like in 2013, 2014, because there's a lot more that came through. Mm -hmm. But I always remember the first group of kids that came through, and I'm still actually really I'm close with all of them still, because yeah. I end up getting to know their families. Because we, you know, that first program you bring people out is they, there's not a lot of kids, you know. There maybe there was maybe 15 or 20 kids that came out. All their parents yeah. are like watching us like a hawk. Yeah. <laughs> you know what's this rugby <laughs> thing? And you know I spent like sort of 20 minutes before practice sort of an hour after practice just getting to know them the parents yeah. And, yeah. and and there was a few expats in there there's a couple of aussies there was a, uh, a couple of english families uh, mm -hmm. but then the rest were american american families that really weren't that familiar with the sport yeah and over the course of the next few years we became really close and we ended up getting to get outside of sort of rugby stuff we'd get off my my wife like sarah would get to know them and we'd yeah. catch up and go have dinner and just kind of just it was really cool. It was really cool to see. That was kind of one of the first members ahead of Rugby Oregon and to see them grow up now. And now they're still playing somewhere and keeping in touch via social media. It's it's really cool to to see that. Yeah, an impact in, in a way that if I didn't visit that school, they probably would not never have played rugby, you know? So you know, it, it's funny how often those moments, right? We have those moments in our careers where, where – if you weren't standing in that room or you hadn't met that, yeah. that person, you, you wouldn't be involved. You know, um, it's been mentioned a couple of times on the show about yeah. how folks are just in the right place at the right time. And a little bit of luck played into them creating a lifelong pathway of journey or a lifelong journey of memories, you know, and, oh, and, and experiences. Yeah, totally. Yeah. And I think it's, I think it's just being open opportunities, you know, it's like, I was always, yeah. I was always, taught just i would never have got on that plane when i was 19 if i wasn't encouraged to like go see go do something you know yeah so it was the same when i went to oregon i was like you know what let's have a change let's do it and then you could griff contacts jen and jen hires yeah. me and then you're on this new journey to what you know now you're in pe classes teaching rugby it's it's, it's crazy yeah. it's crazy crazy story 
Okay, so let's intersect the lines again here. So then 2014, All Blacks are coming to Chicago. You're getting back in the mix with the Eagles. Um, What was it like getting back into form and and sort of maybe did you use any of your um, development officer experiences to sort of motivate you to to push for selection and and sort of towards those two opportunities and we're talking about the all blacks match in 2014 and then possible world cup selection in 2015 yeah so like i think it was out of retirement for only about 15 months um Mm -hmm. and then mike tolkien gave me a call because mike we actually developed the leadership academy at at rugby oregon yeah um and we invited mike petrie and mike tolkien out there one year to present yeah um and while he was out there, he kind of got in my ear a little bit about coming back and playing. And of course, you know, it's like, he's a national coach now. And, you know, as soon as he planted that seed, I was like, I'm coming out of retirement. I was like, I spoke to Sarah and I spoke to Jen. I was like, Jen, there's a chance I could be playing again. Would you be okay with me sort of working remotely while I'm away and all that stuff? So, um, so this was 2013. So I came out of retirement, um, but of course, the All Blacks match was back in my back in my mind, and so was the World Cup. So I was like, okay, I had this sort of inner plan where I wanted to. Uh, I wasn't getting ahead of myself, but I knew I needed to to be back playing. Mm-hmm. Um, so I ended up getting back on the Eagles in 2013. Um, played a couple of Test matches. I ended up sort of the first sort of barrier. I, I did my ACL. Yeah. Um, in the middle of 2013. Um, and then so again, that that's instantly eight or nine months out of the game, right? Yeah. And so I, I was, Sarah's a physical therapist, so she got me, you know, every, you know, is, is trying to get me back as quick as I could, uh, get back from the ACL. Yeah. And uh, recovered from that, back in the squad. Um, and then I was on my way to the All Blacks game, right? And then there was kind of like that whole, that was on the way. Um, were you involved with you were at the All Blacks? Were you you were there? As, yes, you were right. Yeah, so you, yes. you do, you do know was... a little bit about what happened that 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 evening, then. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, so I'm not going to sort of go into it too much, but uh, you know, back yeah. back for the All Blacks game, right? Back at Soldier Field with biggest match, one of the biggest matches ever. Right? You know, I was picked in the squad to play the game. Yeah, and. I always remember being on Soldier Field for our captain's run mm-hmm. and then Mike coming over to me and saying, Troy, there's, there's an, an issue here that's come up and it was yeah. a paperwork issue and it wasn't like anything wrong had been done. It just, there was, there simply wasn't a paperwork, some paperwork filled out when I came back from retirement. Yeah. Um, and they said, don't worry about it. I think it'll be fine. Um, and then same in Todd, in, Todd, Todd, came, Todd was captain at the time, and he came up and he was like, you know, you'll be fine, mate. It'll be, it'll be good. And they came up to me that that evening and said, Troy, you, you know, you can't play. You can't play tomorrow. And I was like, you, you got to be kidding me, right? Yeah. And this is the night before the night before the game, and it was one of those moments. Where I was like, so I couldn't. You just, you just don't believe it. You know, you don't believe that you can be told that you can't play against the All Blacks tomorrow um, yeah. in front of sixty-one thousand people at Soldier Field. Yeah, and I always remember going back to the hotel thing, and I was rooming with Petri, one of my really, my really good mates, and he couldn't believe it, and it was just like, because it was I didn't what I didn't want to happen. I didn't want to just 
to be a story within the, I didn't want it to be a distraction from anyone. And right. And I think Mike Helms had handled it really well. And I'm not, I'm not the type of guy to really, you know, to get, make a big deal out of it. I was hurting inside. Don't get me wrong, but yeah, um, it was, I had to just get ready for the game tomorrow. Like it was going to be playing, you know? So, um, but the, the group of guys we had, it was, it was, again, it was, it was a good, good group there. And I mean, there was a lot of support throughout those next couple of days um, because we basically played the game and then they were off to, to Europe the next day. Yeah. And I had to stay behind. I was flying. I flew back west, and they flew east. Yeah. So it was it was tough, man. It was it was a tough it was a tough time because basically from there I couldn't play for six months. Yeah. Until the paperwork came through, and I could have easily retired at that point, you know. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it it would have definitely been easy for you to retire and sort of say, "Ah, uh, I'm done with it." But but that I don't believe that's the type of person you are, and and. Just so folks know, there's a lot of paperwork that's involved in the world rugby levels that that you never even see or think about in club yeah. rugby or anything. And and what ended up happening, Troy, if you're all right with me saying yeah. this, yeah. Um, when Troy came out of retirement, he needed to unretire and yeah. fill out that paperwork and go through. I believe it's WADA is still the the people, right? And so that way he could be tested. And we just missed the paperwork issue, and that yeah. was the one thing and then you're basically your time is like six months from the day right that you put yep. that paperwork in and then you yep. can compete again and that just allows them to get some testing samples or get your whereabouts yep. Yep. that's that's a whole other show is talking about <laughs> yeah, water requirements you know, I know. Um, I know. yeah so as as big of a setback as that was troy you soldiered on and, and you you continued you know did you use that as sort of motivation? Did it, I mean, obviously anytime a setback could be still in the back of our heads, you know, like mentally. Um, I didn't notice in 2015 during my time with the Eagles that it ever set you back whatsoever. So I I hope you know that that you put on a hell of a face (laughs) if it was. Um, Talk about sort of getting back in that mix and, and sort of the preparation. And then, because I think that 2015 timeframe from, you know, the All Blacks match yep. until, uh, you know, your rest of your time with the Eagles is very important to what you're doing now with, with Hall Consultants. You know, yeah, so. totally. It's funny. It's, I remember going, I remember leaving uh, Chicago that it's sort of saying, see you later, guys. Have fun in Europe. And I was going back west. Um, and what helped us, I mean, with Sarah, I mean, Sarah's always, I mean, she's been, been my rock, you know, as I, you know, it's, it's, and I, and I had a daughter at that point, mm-hmm. um, who was only, she would only been six months old. So yeah. right away I knew, okay, I flipped it. I was like, okay, I'm really disappointed that I'm not going on tour, but I have two people at home waiting for me. That's, um, who's going to completely distract me from anything. Yeah. But yeah. I remember sitting on the plane and I was, I penciled in six months. Like, what does that bring me to? You know, I was thinking, I was already thinking 2015. Yeah. Um, I already, don't get me wrong, I was upset, but I was, I was like, I need to think about what, what's ahead. Yeah. So I got out my book and I started writing, writing, um, okay, what's going to happen in 2015? And you know, what, what can I achieve? How can I put this on the back burner and move forward um, yeah. as quick, quickly as possible? And so I put in the six month date and it, and it brought me to a point where I was like, I still had time to get into that World Cup squad. Yeah. The following year, yeah, because um, we had a tour to Argentina and Uruguay. I think it was 
what was that april mid april yeah. i think it was mid april and a- april may time frame yeah yeah because yeah. my six months was up um just after the first game of the tour so we played uruguay first mm-hmm. but then i remember that week as like tolkien came was like troy you, you're done you're good you can play in the next game so yeah. i got to play the two games against argentina um and that's it but so I, that was one of my favorite tours going down to south america and playing down there not only yeah. the people but the food and it was just just a good time yeah um but so we ended up playing those two games against argentina yeah um then I made the Pacific Nations squad for the summer. Yeah. And so I was sort of penciling. I was kind of, I was, uh, I was marking, I was checking some milestones along the way. I was like, okay, I've made this, I've made that. Because the World Cup team was picked after the uh, Canada game up in, where were we? I think we were in where were yeah. we? Vancouver, I think we were. Yeah, Vancouver. Yeah. And, um, but I, there was something not quite right with because uh, I think the time away from rugby really affected me. Yeah. Not, I mean, I was fresh and I felt good, but it just I wasn't playing enough rugby. Mm. You know, I was kind of I was again I was flying out to Nyack to play yeah. uh, from the east coast from the west coast. So I was playing some club rugby with Nyack, but it was only a handful of games. Yeah. Um. So something wasn't quite right. I could feel it. You know, thinking back now, I could feel that something wasn't. I wasn't in like that. At that point, you want to be in the zone. You know, you want to be feeling good. You want to be yeah. confident. You want to be um, your body to be right. You want to be feeling energized. You want to be something wasn't right with me. And um, and ultimately, I played my last game against Tonga. I played my first game against Tonga. I played my last game against Tonga up in Toronto. And yeah. again, it was one of those. It was almost like I talked myself out of that game before I even played. Mm-hmm. It was. I was so I was so conscious that the World Cup was going to be getting picked, the squad was going to get picked after, and I honestly believe if I just gone into that game and just relaxed and just did my thing, I think it could have been a different outcome. Yeah. Um, not only my performance, but uh, maybe you know the World Cup. That's just my perspective, but yeah, um, I think I over I was overthinking a lot at that point, probably mm-hmm. because I wasn't feeling that good, and enough I'd lost. A little bit of joy for rugby at that point after all those moments long from 2012 you know, through those yeah. years. So, yeah. But I didn't want to let that kind of distract me from still having the honour to be able to obviously represent the USA. And, and I never wanted to take a test match for granted because there's a yeah. lot of people out there who want to play a test match and represent the state. So um, yeah. that was, but it was at that point, it was, I was, I was struggling a little bit. So, um, and I, it was it was a good time to to say I'm I'm, I'm done. Um, yeah. I've had I've I've given everything to the jersey and then given everything to like trying to get my body into a good spot and just because uh, there's a lot of preparation that goes into it. So at that point, yeah. I was like, you know what, I'm I'm. Uh, I remember getting told I wasn't going to be going to the World Cup, and it was just kind of like, all right, radio, here we go. There's another another challenge to overcome, but yeah. Um, it was. I think it's. I've been. I've learned from all those moments, and and it's a big driver and a big reason why Sarah and I do what we do now. Yeah. Uh, so let's chat about that for a minute, right? And yep. we we discussed this a little bit in in the pre-show, which someday I'm going to record the pre-show conversations because they're <laughs> just as good as the show sometimes. Yeah, but, yeah. but but I feel like we both are believers in um, results and outcomes, or success in winning is a byproduct of performing at your best. Yeah. Right. And, and we had a bit of a discussion about that. And so you and your wife, Sarah have started hall consultants. 
yep. right? To, to work with specifically rugby athletes, but I don't think you'd ever turn anybody away. But yeah. tell us a little bit about the mission of Hall Consultants and, you know, your mission and, and what sort of things you're doing now and, and how do you, how do you execute those types of things? Yeah. So, I mean, it's, I always remember sitting on the porch in Oregon with Sarah, just a little bit of background. So Sarah's a physical therapist, um, you know, really, really good one, obviously. And then obviously I've spent a lot of time coaching and developing in the rugby world. So Mm -hmm. I always remember sitting on the, on the porch in Oregon. I think this was, I'd retired at this point Mm -hmm. and we were talking about, I was like, what can we, because we were, we were working a lot of hours to rugby Oregon and working. She was commuting for, for her work a lot. And we, we've got families on other side of the world, other sides of the world. We're like, how can we, how can we do something together that combine what we do best and help players through things that I dealt with as a player, but also focus on areas where we think get overlooked a lot. Yeah. And so we talked to when we were writing stuff, they were like, what can we do? And the thing is we're still in Oregon. So we were, we, we figured really quickly that we had to move closer to parents. So we sold our house. Yeah. So again, we take the, we're the type of, we just get after it. Right. So we sold our yeah. house three months later. We've moved, we're living in Charleston. Right. You were telling me in the pre-show that there's something that's happening very soon. You want to sort of give us an idea of, of what we can expect? Yes, mate. Yeah. So we're launching something actually this, this week. Um, so it's, it's rugbyhacks.com. So, that's where you want to go if you if you want to get involved with it. It's a membership site uh, yeah. where we talked about a lot of the stuff we've talked about yeah. um, in terms of off the field uh, performance and and getting better and getting better in any way you can, right? So if you want to go check it out, go to rugbyhacks.com, yeah. um, and you'll see everything you need to there. There's some videos. Um, there's all the stuff that you that you can expect in the program um, okay. and and the membership site. So it's pretty self explanatory when you get there. Um, right. So definitely encourage you to go check it out if it's if nutrition or mindset mental performance and, and physical wellness kind of intrigues you a little bit so like i said there's nothing really out there like this right now so it's definitely mm-hmm. worth checking out so head over to the website and you'll uh um have a good look around there's some good uh, stuff in there well it's awesome that you've announced that on the show mate uh, appreciate you giving me the opportunity to be the exclusive on that <laughs> no um, if um if anybody say wants to go to the website, is there an email address or anything they could contact you through too? If if they wanted sort of, maybe they're they're overwhelmed by the internet. Some folks are still yes. getting that these days. Is yeah. there an email somebody could contact you at? Yeah, so you can contact me at our business email. So it's Troy at yeah. HallConsultants.com. Okay. So yeah, so happy to happy to yes send me an email if you've got any questions because I know. The internet can get overwhelming with stuff like you say, and that's actually part of the reason why we've put all this stuff in one place so we can stop in the, the endless search online, right, for different meal plans or different yeah. advice on stuff. So it's that's one of the reasons why we've got it all in one place and in your own little portal, mate. It'll be it's good. Troy, when you and your wife were deciding to create Hall Consultants, what were some of the things that you considered, or or how did you come to that decision? You know what was important to you through that we talked about it's like how can we how can we have more of an impact in, in the rugby community like in a different way not just yeah. like not on that's not just on the field you know because yeah. there's a lot of we have a lot of knowledge between us and we love working with people and we love helping and we love coaching and 
you know, we quickly realized, okay, what did I struggle with as an eagle, right? And I yeah. was thinking, first thing that came up was mindset, so mental performance. That was one. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then Sarah had been doing a lot of work with, obviously, with a lot of patients, a lot of clients who had injuries, but their nutrition was really poor. Mm. So she instantly made the connection, like, we need to, and I was thinking even through my rugby days, like, my nutrition was poor throughout my rugby days. You know, it could have been better, you know? Yeah. And it, was, and it wasn't because I didn't know. It was just the awareness around it. And I had no one sort of, I had nowhere really to go. Yeah. Um, so there was another factor there. And then, and then Sarah's Bell, if you see physical therapy again, it's, it's uh, not just dealing with the injuries, but what else can you do um, to help yourself? Maybe it'd be sleep. Maybe it's preventative, being preventative with your body, looking after it as best you can. So, or what you know, we call prehab. Prehab. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 And um, and just combining those three things, so combining food, mindset, and 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 the wellness side of things with your training. Because yeah. I mean, if you're a rugby player, you're training a lot. We should be training a lot. If you're aspiring to be a pro, or yeah. you're aspiring to be a collegiate player, or whatever you are. Yeah. Um. So we wanted to bring those three things and combine it with with the training side that people are already doing. Yeah. To help increase their performance and help and to help really prep them for the years even beyond rugby you know because all the stuff that i've learned about food and mindset it's, I'm, I'm using it right now and i'm not even playing rugby you know so it's creating creating like long-term habits earlier so yeah. when you do finish rugby or you're 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 in a good spot and you have tools in your and your in your back pocket you have somewhere you can go to online where mm-hmm. you can tap into and continue to learn and continue to just just live it you know just just to live a good life you know because yeah rugby rugby ends really quick so if you <laughs> so I'm, I'm i'm all about um especially while you're a player giving yourself a chance at playing well so if, you, if you're giving yourself a chance you're 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 taking care of what you're eating and you're being open to mental performance and how you can increase it and how you can become more confident um yeah. and then, and how to best take care of yourself you know and it's so we've put all that together and we put it all online. So and that, was yeah. our, that, that was our, that was one of the ways we needed to make it easy for a coach mm-hmm. to implement with their players, yeah. but also easy for an athlete to go and tap into and have like their little individual portal where they can, where they have that access to it. Because yeah, like you say, if we, like you said in the pre-show, like we, we don't want to keep saying we don't know what we don't know. Right. Yeah. And we're not, we're not, yeah. we're not pretending we know everything. But yeah. we, we, what we do have is experience and we, we love it and we have a passion for it. So um, we want to give as many athletes as possible access to this kind of information and this kind of um, – and you have stuff to apply it, not just reading the information. A lot of things you can apply, a lot of insights and different perspectives and, and make it in a fun kind of casual way where it's you're not yeah. reading a lecture, you know? Yeah, it's true. And – and it's funny, we did, we both were saying, you know, people just don't know what they don't know these days. Yeah. You know, they, they, they don't quite understand the ins and the outs of it because rugby is still in its infancy in terms of a sport here in the United States. Yeah. Um, yes, we've had a national team since 76, but in terms of high performance sport, the rest of the world was professional in 95 and we're only professional now in what, 2016? Yeah. You know, yeah. and, and so, um, I think it's it's awesome that you all you and Sarah are both focusing on um, 
off the field just as much as some of the on the field stuff. I mean, I felt early on in my career, maybe you felt the same was I focused just on my training, just on getting fit, getting strong yeah, and and then going and being a prop, you know, and, and, and I never, I never gave much thought to my nutrition. I mean, people will say like snacks, don't eat a burrito. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, that was Saturday <laughs> night after the match. But and in, and much like you now, I'm utilizing all those lessons at the yeah. age of 39 when I should have been doing them at the age of 19. Yeah. So I, I think there's some awesome work to be done with some of our athletes, considering how serious some people are taking the sport. And I love how you're taking I'm gonna say casual for lack of a better term. Yeah. I know you're not casual, yeah, yeah, but yeah. I think it if there's a less pressure and it's sort of looked at as like a practice, it's yeah. gonna re- they're gonna retain it more than yeah. if it's like you're doing this, you're doing that. There's too many coaches mate, these days that yeah. are like, you gotta do yeah. this instead of like, hey man, if you try this, maybe you'll be the best you've ever been. You know? Yeah. And I totally, so, I mean, I totally get that because a lot yeah. of the, I mean, obviously a lot of the stuff in our and our um subscription which is what it is it's a su- subscription yeah um a lot of it's like because i never responded to that i never responded to like troy you need to eat this you need to eat this at this time right now this is your diet i mean it's like yeah okay i'm gonna do that for a day and I'll be like okay no thanks you know so a lot of this <laughs> a lot of this stuff within it is even a lot of the mental stuff is it's all about give it a go give it a go and if it works fine tr- keep doing it yeah you know it's same thing with food same thing with taking care of yourself because everyone's different man you know that everyone's everyone's different different things yeah. work for different people and even with the, when with the eagles that they would send you stuff out and it was kind of like it was generic in some way because they didn't have those people involved and they didn't have someone yeah. full-time where they could just be working with you individually right yeah so um it was kind of you know a lot of what we do is very much around what works for you you know a lot of people think potentially it's for for younger players but we we sort of think no 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 this is for anyone who wants to learn you know anyone wants to get better anyone who wants to um learn because if you always you've only got that always learning mentality or you you don't right i mean that's that's really the way i mean it's you can always improve that and we encourage people to improve that but (laughs) it's very much a a site where if you want to keep learning you can you you can and if you want to give yourself the best chance to play well or just to feel good and just to yeah prepare better then this is a great spot for you um so really that's that's kind of like our online portal there where um that's kind of like the the initial tier that people do get involved with us at is it will be within within that site um and we also do do one-on-one work so we work individually with players and that's really for the top tier players so if if Mm -hmm. you look at america right you're looking at the mlr players and up yeah. Um, we've worked some players in the past and, and we do everything online like this, like we are here. Yeah. Um, we get on Zoom, we chat, we, we talk about their goals. We, and a lot of it's just having a conversation, you know? A lot yeah. of it's just having a good conversation, helping them figure out what works best for them, um, just being someone they, that's there for them. Yeah. Um, to help them. Maybe they've got a nutrition, maybe they're targeting nutrition, but sometimes you realize, okay, maybe there's some mindset involved here, you know? So it's, it's never just, it's never one particular thing that you work with. Um, So in terms of the consulting piece, we do a lot of, we do a lot of one-on-one work, Um, but obviously we can only take, you know, it's, 
that that's there's a lot of players in America. You know, there's a lot of a lot of professionals running around in America now. So we just we want to be there as a service for those players who who you know share that passion and enthusiasm for what we do, and yeah. who you know who want to feel good and who want to take best take care of themselves. Oh, that's awesome. You know, uh, listening to you speak about this stuff and sort of reading through the testimonials and and um, looking at sort of um, content you've been providing on on Instagram and and the website and stuff, it, I think this is an undervalued and underutilized resource for coaches as well because and I didn't really connect the dots that as a coach I'm performing just as much as I'm asking the athletes to perform. Yeah. So, I mean, if you're a coach out there who's never experienced this or think mental skills or mindset or wellness is voodoo, I would hope you reach out and even just, just read some of the stuff on the, on the website that Troy has or, or listen to uh, his podcast that he's been putting <laughs> out lately. Um, where can people find your podcast, Troy? So it's on, um, so it's on Google podcasts. Yeah. Um, it's very new. We've just recently, we've launched it, I think it was three weeks ago. So I'm still, maybe I got to ask you a couple of questions about how to get this out there a bit more, right? It's on Google Podcasts. Yeah. Um, um, and I'm sure we'll provide the link into the, uh, the notes at some point. Of course. Um, it, if, yeah. if I got to it through the link in your bio on Instagram, yeah. what's your Instagram username? Uh, Hall Consultants. Oh, Hall yeah, Consultants? Hall Consultants, yep. That's, the, okay. that's my our business. Uh, or it's Troy P. Hall. I don't mind reach out to either or that's I'm yeah. happy that <laughs> awesome. Um, let's talk a little bit. I, I love to talk about processes and transitions and stuff. And obviously you've probably heard some of that on the show yep. in your transition to um, I, I'm going to use performance coach as yep. sort of a catch all term. I think that might be appropriate, right? Yep. Okay. Um, in your transition to becoming a performance coach, what are in a podcaster and a content developer now? Obviously, there's, there's you're doing off a lot these days. What are some of the challenges you faced and, and maybe lessons you've learned? I think the biggest challenge was, I mean, like I've sort of touched on already. I've I've always been been wanted to go after an opportunity or or try something new. Yeah. Um, and this definitely fell into the falls into that category. Um, Especially going from the porch in Oregon to Charleston three months later to okay figuring out this whole idea and bringing it to life because um, we we don't like to I'm a big believer and if you if you talk about something and you say you're going to do something you do it so oh, I, remember, yeah. I remember talking about it and it's like you know what I'm not I'm, we're going to make this happen and you know fast forward twelve months later and we've we've made it happen and it's coming to life a lot of work to be done but it's coming to life I mean the biggest challenge is like personally for us is is our is our time because mm-hmm. we have two kids, one five, one two, yeah. and you know, with this job, we're at home, right? And we, and a part of the reason coming to South Carolina was to not only be closer to family, but to have that support when we needed to go somewhere and do something, and yeah. you know, commuting to Oregon to coach. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, so there's been a lot of challenges with our time and being really focused, like being being switched on when you need to be. Because right now, you know, we we could try and get most of our stuff. We get up early because I mean, our kids get up early anyway. But we get up. We need to get all of our stuff done in the morning. Yeah. Um, and 
because the afternoons really is it's that's family time that's kid time um so being really good with our time has been a challenge or getting good at it managing yeah. our time has been good yeah. um and i mean there's always the challenge of just trying to be trying to be present when you run your family and run your kids because when you have your own business it's you're always switched on it's not like a nine to five where you switch off at five yeah. it's it's like as soon as the kids go to bed you switch on so i'm we're constantly trying to find ways to be able to switch off. So for me, mm-hmm. personally, I, I like to go swimming every night because I, yeah. I I switch off if I get the kids to bed and then go swimming. It's it helps me relax. Yeah. Um. So I'm always trying to find ways to where it's I'm switched on when I need to be, whether yeah. it's grab grab a cup of coffee and then just go go for a few hours and then, you know, obviously we're into food now, so we're making sure that our foods that we're eating is is making us feel good and. Yeah. So it's really just that whole challenge around what's my day look like now compared to what it was a few years ago. Um, and I think rugby's helped me with, I think being on tour has actually helped me with what we do now, like this, the structure of a tour and the mm-hmm. switch on times for training, the switch off times, all that. Yeah. So yeah. it may not relate, but uh, it, it's definitely played its part in how we're, um, how we're getting things done now. Are there any tools you use to manage your time that you find are effective, obviously consultancy, coaching, parenting, family, you yep. know, are, are there any tools you're using to, to sort of manage that? Yeah. I'm, so ter- the- I'm terrible at it. So I would love some <laughs> advice. So there's, there's a couple of things I use. Um, and don't get me wrong. Sometimes I, I use them and then I'm like, when I use it, it really works. Then I'm like, okay, then I, it's almost like I'm using my own program that we've developed. Yeah. Honestly, I, it's, it, we use a lot of the stuff that we do because Part of it is that we're not going to put something out there that we haven't done and yep. tried, you know. So we use, I use a weekly, I use a planner that I use where I'll, I'll sit down on a, on a Sunday and I'll kind of plug in um, the things that I know are scheduled, right. you know. So if you're a rugby player, you know when you have certain practices, right, and you know when you have work or you know when you have school. Mm-hmm. Um, so I do that here and I, I'll, I'll plug in, like I know I've, I've go to the gym at this time and I know I have to, um get three hours working at this on this particular day so i'll try and as best as i can i'll try and plug all them in on a sunday Mm. and then figure out and i'll kind of block plug it in so there's always gaps right there'll be gaps in there then i need to figure out if there's any other time i need to plug in there or anything anything else i need to do um but then one thing we've done is we'll we'll actually i'll actually i'll i'll sign it might seem a bit out there but i'll sign it like an accountability signature you know i'll sign it and be like Okay, if you do everything on that you've signed, that you're going to do all this stuff, right, Troy? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and sometimes it's just it works for me. I, it switches something in me. Where like I've signed it now. I've, I've got to commit to this now. I got to do this, you know. And and it's something I've used with rugby players as well, where they're trying to plan their week. Yeah. They're trying to plan when they're going to get their extra skill session in, when they're going to do their um, get into the gym. They know yeah. when they're training because. Um, you always hear I don't have enough time, mm. you know, but it's, I heard this the other day. Someone, I, was, I was just listening to a podcast and they said, don't use, I don't have enough time. Like say it's not a priority right now. You know, yeah. there's always time somewhere. It's yeah. Whether you swap something out or whatever it may be. Um, so I kind of go on with that and it's, I'll try and, I'll try and plan my week that way. Um, and at least get it out of my head onto a piece of paper. Mm-hmm. You know, because I use that quite a bit because part of the doing the podcast has been 
I like getting things out of my head. Yeah. Uh, it tracks my own journey. Sometimes I'll just do an audio and just kind of just go with it. Yeah. Because uh, at the end of the night, it's out of my head. Then I can focus on getting good sleep, you know? <laughs> yeah, true. I, I think that's super interesting that you sign your schedule. And, and, and I say it as a positive thing. I, it's your commitment to yourself to do the things yep. you need to do during the week, you know? And I, I might even figure out some way of accountability for myself. My, my <laughs> yeah. partner is begging me to do calendars <laughs> and I'm yeah. not the best at it, but um, I, I like that accountability piece. You know, I think that's pretty cool. Are you finding the business side of it harder or what's, how are you feeling about doing business in rugby? That's something I've always had an issue with. And I just yeah. wonder, you know, what my friends feel like, I've started a business. What's that look like? How does that feel to go from such a grassroots effort? I think we have in our, here in America yep. to yep. being a professional at something. Yeah. I mean, it's like the, the easy part for us is, is the content side of things, right? Cause I mean, that's mm -hmm. something we know we're really good at. We understand it and we love helping people apply this stuff. So yeah. that's, that, that's the passion side of things. I mean, that like delivering stuff and seeing, seeing it change someone's life is like that's the most rewarding thing ever right and that's where we get the most buzz because i have no idea who would want to do this if you didn't have a buzz out of helping someone do that right yeah um yeah. and even if it could be the smallest thing like someone adding something to their to their diet or trying this mental skill that really helps someone you know or just whatever it may be no matter how small it is that's the type of stuff that drives us mm -hmm. um so that part is the easy part for us and delivering that stuff yeah the hardest part is is the whole um the business side's taken like developing websites and and back-end stuff and yeah um pricing price points and all that stuff that's always that's a tricky piece that's a tricky piece for us and yeah what's helped is is seeing like testimonials come through and and having conversations with our clients that have that have that's really helped yeah. it's like you know what if i don't do this then like we can't help anyone, you know? So yeah. again, that's a driving point is like, we need to get our message out there. We need to, to continue to bring it, continue this to, to go hard. Right. And, and to get it in front of as many rugby players as we possibly can, not only in the U S but all, all over the world. Yeah. Um, because there's something, something really unique and special about it. Yeah. And, uh, but it, it's a challenge, right? The, the business side is a challenge and all the legal stuff and, you know, which is Sarah's Sarah's, Coming from a physical therapy world, where she, the whole and I mean paperwork side of things was massive, um, yeah. but so she's a lot, she takes you a lot more of the detail there. Yeah. Um, but it's going into the online world of of this, so it's been it's had its challenges for sure. Yeah. Um, but it's you know it's like I said, it's the uh, the rewards and the the impact you can have. Yeah. Make it all worth it, you know. Yeah, it's awesome. I uh, actually, in terms of your content, the first podcast I listened to of yours was the swim one, oh, where you're, you're going to have a swim and you talk about how um, being underwater is just like the most peaceful, calm right. thing. And I was like, I'm going to go head to the lake tomorrow and go have a swim because yep. it's just one of those things, you know? Um, I always liked that because I grew up, I did a lot, I did scuba diving in New Zealand quite a bit. Mm. Uh, so I spent a lot of time underwater. So I'm at, I'm at peace under the water, mate. It's, it's kind of, our yeah. days are our days are chaotic, not only with the kids and the family, but it's our yeah. our business now. And so getting 
getting into the water at nine o'clock at night's the best thing I can do for for myself to come back better tomorrow, you know. Yeah, true. Um in terms of your clients, are you I heard you mention working with some MLR players, um, college maybe some college players. What types of folks are you seeing in this sort of initial time period where you've gotten started? Types of athletes. Yeah. Yeah. So in the last you know, in the last twelve months as we've got this going, we've tried different things, right? We've tried um, you know, the not just try we are doing the one on one consulting with with players. Yeah. Um, you know, we've we did some stuff with rugby in New York, United New York. Mm-hmm. Um but what we're really working right now is what we're really focusing on is is the membership, the membership site that we're doing. And and that's okay. we really that's our big focus for us right now. Because okay. we got into the and again going back to this, we got into the we were trying so many different things, we weren't doing any of them well, you know. Oh. So so we wanted to focus on one thing, you know, until it was successful. So, and there's going to be other things that come up along the way in terms of consulting and new clients and all that. But yeah, the subscription of the membership site is something we're really focusing on right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and then as we move forward is then we want to get that individual one-on-one work in with players. And, and we do see a, a team partnership kind of initiative as we move forward as well, where, Let's say you're a coach and you want to give your players access to this kind of thing. Yeah, uh, there may be a combination of subscription and 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 sort of one-on-one work with us like this, or it could be a workshop or whatever it may be through webinars. You know, so um, but the the content online is something we're really focusing on right now because we want to we really want to drive that um, okay. drive that home where we can get it on as get it on laptops so and get it on phones so people can. Yeah. start getting after it. and as we see that gain momentum then we can start focusing on other areas but it's again another lesson in this focusing on one thing right until it's you do that as well as you can because we, yeah we were all over the place, we were all over the place. that's interesting you say that because i obviously being in the backside of the game right for a while now i realized in part of recording these shows and and sort of our my journey around the country has been watching folks do way too much and and not necessarily doing all of them well at at times and so i feel like there's this theme where we've all been juggling all these balls for a while but now we're starting to narrow our focus yeah and I, i i i've it's cool to hear that you've you've sort of recognize that in your own pathway and journey and and you and sarah are honing in on that the online membership first and then slowly building effective rankings in your business right so i think that's a great lesson for folks out there you know like narrow your focus and do (laughs) one or two things really well yeah and enjoy those you know, you can't flip burgers, sell T-shirts, and coach a team <laughs> at the same time. You know. No, I, I know, and I, I know. Part of that's been obviously, you know, being you know where I'm at right now is I've I've got experience doing trying to juggle a lot of things, right? And and yeah. rugby, rugby Oregon was one of those situations where we had so much going on. Oh yeah. Like my f- original focus of rugby Oregon was just to grow the sport and grow the game. Then all mm-hmm. of a sudden, going with then as you grow it, then all of a sudden you're doing you're doing a million things. Cause I mean, I'll get a massive shout out to Jen. She does a lot of things for that and she's juggling a lot as well. Oh yeah. Um, so I've sort of, le- I've, you know, I've learned those lessons from there and I'm starting mm-hmm. to apply them into our business. And like, we just want to, 
like we can do one or two things. So we've got the, the online, the membership, and then we've got yeah. the, the consulting, but it's yeah. just, but that's our, that's all we can do at this point. Cause then we've got the kids and family and yeah, all this other stuff. So it's, um, we're really, we're really trying to just focus on a couple of pieces and then really driving them home and then go from yeah. there. And I've, and I've, a lot of those lessons were learned from rugby Oregon and even my own playing career. It's just trying to not do too much at once, you know, get clarity, yeah. mate, clarity, you gotta have clarity. It's yeah. hard. <laughs> do one job and then on to the next one. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, is there anything else that you feel is important for people to know about Hall Consultants? And and this we're not done with the show by any means. I just yeah. want to make sure we hit everything that you would you'd love to just put out in the universe. Yeah, I mean, it's. I want people to know. You know, this is all experience based. A lot of it. A lot of it's experience based. Um, you know, a lot of people don't like. Obviously, Sarah's got a doctorate in physical therapy and credentials galore. Um, yeah. I mean, when we moved to South Carolina, she went back to school for nutrition. So, you know, again, making things happen, right? So, I think, you know, when it comes to to, to what we do, it's it's very just us. You know, we're very. I'm kind of like your small town Kiwi man, and and I've, and I've made my way to the US and we both come from awesome families and who support us and it's, you know, and we know what we do works, you know? Yeah. So yeah. it's, but we want people to connect with us. Yeah. You know, so that's, even if we're doing a lot of it virtually and on videos, we want them, that, that's us in the videos. We're not trying to be anyone we're not. Yeah. Um, we're not trying to be these, you know, what you see all over Instagram and online. It's like these people standing next to their cars and like, this is what we can do for you. You know, it's like, yeah, <laughs> it's like, no, we're just, we just got to be us. I mean, we've, like you say, we're, uh, we've, we've got our own challenges. We've, we've come through a lot. Yeah. We've got our own obstacles and we're, we're still trying to figure it all out. Yeah. Um, and that's why part of it, we wanted this to be ongoing. We yeah. didn't want this to be okay. One program, one and done. It's like, no, we wanted this to be ongoing. We want to continue to bring stuff every month because yeah. things change. We, we have different ideas. We sometimes change our ideas. So it's kind of very, very fluid that way. Um, but like I said, we don't not going to pretend like we know everything, you know. Yeah. We know our stuff. Don't get me wrong. We know our stuff. And we know how to help. But yeah. you know, who you see on that membership like, is who you're going to get, really. You know, and it's just authentically Sarah and I, and just trying to trying to bring something to the world, mate, and bring something to the rugby communities where it's where it's useful and helpful for for athletes at all levels. You know, no matter if you're a pro or you're an aspiring pro, mm -hmm. it doesn't matter as long as you got that mentality to always learn and and just to to be a part of something where you have that you know increase your awareness and knowledge it's yeah that's why we're here mate it's just to to bring that to the to to, to the online rugby world i would say right yeah <laughs> um i think it's a brilliant initiative and company that's and your mission is right right in line with i think where folks are at these days in the rugby world in terms of professionalizing or performing at an optimal level. So mate, jumping off that cliff, like I've heard you in your voice is it's exciting and nerve wracking all at the same time. Um, I want to ask you a little bit about your time with Oregon state rugby and your recent um, journey where we cross paths again at, at the <laughs> USA college sevens national championships. How did how did that go with your Oregon State guys this spring? Yes, mate. So it was 
I mean, the Oregon State, I mean, the Oregon State journey for me has been quite, it's been challenging. Obviously, and we talked about uh, commuting from South Carolina to Oregon State and Corvallis for yeah. for a good eighteen months now. Yeah. Um, but getting to nationals this year was really was something really. I mean, that was something really cool for us because I mean, you look eighteen months ago, it was not even a chance. Like it was always like we had to just worry about the next week. You know, like okay. Yeah. We needed to lay the foundation for that for that club. And that was because I'm a big man. I'm, I'm I'm a big believer in you know if if you don't have a good environment for people to come into, people aren't having fun and they're not yeah. getting challenged at the same time. It's that's really I don't know. It's just I I wouldn't want to be a part of something like that. You know, so if yeah. I'm at, if I was going to be at the helm of something, I'm going to get that stuff right right away, um, or at least make it priority for um for myself to to bring and then for yeah. the five six players that we had returning you know yeah um so it really started from there and and it's funny to think that was 18 months ago when we did that yeah um to bring in new players and then getting to nationals last month yeah i in terms of building your your team culture or your team identity right? Which sort of encompasses culture and goals and all that stuff, right? Were there any sort of, obviously a lot of it's coach connection, you know, texts, phone calls, pats on the back, you know, arm around the shoulder type stuff. Were there any other sort of formal team things that you did to, to help grow that environment? Did you sit down as a team? Did you have meetings? You know, sort of, can you walk me through what that looked like in terms of, of building that sort of thing? Yeah. So, at the beginning of this last season, so the last school year, so um, mm-hmm. this is fall, so fall, what, 2018? Yeah. Um, I really wanted to make sure that we spent time together as a group outside of just the field. So yeah. I so I was like, okay, I'm going to create a template here. I'm going to um, – so the, the first week they got back to school, the first Saturday, I think it was, mm-hmm. we, had, we had a day together, right? Yeah. And, you know, for a total amount of hours, I think we had eight hours together. So not a long time, you know, and it was, but it was the, I wanted to set the expectation for the season. I wanted to set the standard that day. Yeah. So what we did was we got into a room, um, in a classroom at the school. And mm-hmm. the first thing I want to do, I want them to get to know who I am. Yeah. Cause I, I, I put a present, like, I don't, I don't like talking about, you know, I'm, I'm yeah. very, you know, yeah. Kiwi that way, you know? Um, yep. but I, but I put together a little presentation. I, I, told him about my rugby stuff and um, had photos of my family and my kids. And, and I talked about some of the challenges I've had that we've talked about through my yeah. Eagles days. Yeah. And I, cause I wanted them to connect with me right away. I wanted them to be like, okay, Troy's done all this, but he's also yeah. had a lot of, had a lot of low points and he's mm-hmm. also got a family. So they, they didn't just see me as a coach. Yeah. Cause I wanted to connect with them right away. I wanted to get to know me as a person right away. So I did that. Then I had, and I had the boys kind of discuss as well in sort of groups of three, four different topics. Like, you know, what's, what are you expecting this year? Why are you even here? Yeah. Um, you know, if a teammate was to describe me, how would they describe you? Just kind Ooh. of a lot of different, got them talking together, right? And getting them just, yeah. I didn't, just chatting. Cause it, just when they're just chatting, it was, they were getting to know each other and, and sort of mm-hmm. bonding right away. Yeah. Um, so from there, we went from the classroom just to kind of give you the run through of the day, we went from the classroom out to the field. Yeah. Um, Cause they, by that point they were in the class and they needed to be running around. 
Mm-hmm. So we went outside, played, uh, had a good warm up, played a little bit of touch, and then I put them through the yo-yo test. <laughs> so they, and they were well aware of that. They knew yeah. that. Um, yeah. We filmed everything. We kind of filmed bits and pieces of the day, and then we got some good footage of the, of the yo-yo. Then we had, then I kind of walked through some basic kind of, this is how I'd like to play, guys. Yeah. I mean, I haven't seen all of your skill levels yet, but I'm like, this is, we, we need to figure out what's best for us, but I, this is how I'd like to see us play. Because I wanted to play something really, I wanted to be dynamic and, yeah. um, you know, lucky we had some players involved. I knew in key positions where we could. Mm-hmm. So it was a lot of, the, for the players that were new, like this is kind of the style we want to play. Um, and from there, we're only on the field for a little bit, but from there we got in the vans, went and got some lunch. Yeah. And then there's a, there's a, a hill in Corvallis called Mary's Peak. Mm. And this is, this is September in Oregon, right? And it's, it's like 60 in September. Come on. Yeah. So we, we, drive, we drive up and we park the vans and we walk up to the top of this peak. And it was completely misty. Like you couldn't see 10 meters from, like 10 meters away from there. <laughs> but it added to the moment, you know, because we walked up yeah. there together. Um, we sat up at the top of the hill. We huddled up. You know, because yeah. we're sort of slowly progressing throughout the day, and we got together at the top of the hill. And again, we just sort of said we had a chat, and like the boys all sort of talked about what they want and sort of shared their feelings with the group. Like, let's mm-hmm. just do it, you know? Yeah. And, and they all bought in at that point. So we, at the end of the day, I wanted them to buy into the team. Yeah. And because if you didn't buy in, you were going to struggle. Yeah, you know, yeah. and and it would be easily you better see see it from a mile away. You know, if someone didn't yeah um so that well that one day they're really so that was day one of our season and, and day whatever 100 and something at the ended in tucson yeah. so i think there's definitely some that that there's some relation there um for sure and how we how we went through i mean there's a lot of ups and downs through the season of course don't get me wrong but yeah um i think we we stuck at it and yeah. through those times and you know, we lost in the final of the 15s championships in the Northwest. Mm-hmm. So, but the season, then we moved into sevens and we, then we kickstarted again. So there was a lot of resilience within the group, which, yeah. um, I kind of, that's a big word for me, resilient. And, yeah. and I, it sits, it sits home with me and it, it sits well with me and it's something that I've had to deal with a lot. So, yeah. um, I said, if we're going to be a group guys, we're going to be a resilient beep group, you know, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. So, yeah, I, I know think, what you mean. And, you, and you're going to take that well beyond the season. And, and yeah, it's awesome to see some of the message I've got since the season ended from parents and families and talking yeah. about, you know, that's the season's changed my boy, you know? Yeah. So it's, so it's really rewarding that way. Yeah. You know, it's, it's funny how the parallels between Oregon state and Minnesota were this year, you know, yeah. we, we, we did not perform well in 15s. So I, really excited you into a championship at the very yeah. least right yeah, like yeah someday yeah. someday we'll get to that but um seeing that journey right from when you first start with the team to then creating sort of your values and standards around that stuff it's it's super important and and for us tucson was sort of a, a very big peak for us in terms yeah. of of the summer and um I actually just recently, because as you know, I was working the event in addition to coaching yeah. it. <laughs> I, uh, I don't doing two I don't things at once, right? Doing too many things. Yeah, <laughs> not too many two things. <laughs> but um, I actually, and I envy you, were able to get with the boys soon after the event because 
yeah. I went straight back to work, mate. I stood on the yeah. field that we lost our last game on for yeah. the next hour, just like biting my lip and uh, not knowing like, God, did I destroy everything we built this year? Did I <laughs> like, are my boys going to murder me when I get back to Minnesota, <laughs> you know? And like, it actually yeah. took me, it's taken me a couple weeks to really find out what that experience was like for them. Yeah. Cause I, I gave them two weeks off just straight up, no contact, no rugby, no yeah. lifting, just, just go be a kid. And yeah. finally that the texts are rolling in and those messages were yeah. real encouraging. So I'm sure you're, you're probably buzzing getting those as well. Uh, you know? Yeah, it's, it's great. And it's, um, Quick, quick shout out! My, my Sarah's parents from they're Minnesotans, mate. So they they say hello. Oh, yeah, hello! They were they were pleased to see that Minnesota was uh, at in Tucson. Ah, uh, go ghosts! Go, <laughs> go ghosts! I know, I know. But uh, yeah, no, it's it's pretty cool to see how the how when you don't just focus on like performance, you don't just focus on just this win, you know, just get after yeah. it. You know, yeah. it's especially. I mean, if this is for any program, especially for a program that's starting, it's like you need to. You don't set the standards right away. You don't set the tone. You're not going to get those kids back. There's too many choices. There's too many choices for kids to go play other things and to just not play at all, you know? So yeah. I'm happy to say that you, we've, our retention rate's going to be, you know, 100%, you know? So, oh, which is exciting. Awesome. That's super awesome. Yeah. Um, what are some things you're excited about in the near future for rugby? Not necessarily things built around what what you and Sarah have going on or Oregon yeah. State. Like, is there any other exciting events or or happenings coming up? I mean, it's it's uh, so we've got the summer here in, in Charleston. Obviously, um, a lot of just a lot of family time, a lot of a lot of time spent at the beach. Yeah. Um, hoping to get up to New York. We've got New York family up there still, so hoping to get up to New York. Um, yeah. Then obviously. The Cricket World Cup's on right now, mate. You know, <laughs> go, cricket, black go, caps. go Black Caps. Yeah. Um, and then, I mean, the Rugby World Cup, I can't believe it's 2019, the Rugby World Cup's going coming around again. Because, like, being involved in the last two in some way, but, yeah. you know, but now heading into the 2019 World Cup, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's cool. I mean, it's going to be, there's a lot of good sport coming up. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's just going to be, I mean, I'm, I'm a, I'm a, Big family guy, mate. So we got a, we got a lot of good family stuff coming up this summer, and um, got some family going to the World Cup and, and Japan too. Oh, that's um, cool. There's a connection there with with Aaron Smith, um, oh, nice. so they've they've they're going to be heading to Japan to support him and the All Blacks. Nice. And yeah, mate, it's just it's just some good stuff. We're 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 in a good we're in a good place, man. Kind of always on our toes, though. We're always on the edge of something, you know. Always on the edge of out of our comfort zones in some way, but yeah, um, we're enjoying it. It's, it's, things are good. Thank you for taking the time to uh, come on the show and discuss your show and, and all the exciting projects you have and, and your journey, right. And rugby, which is, is pretty cool um, to hear sort of your angles and how you persevered and stayed resilient through some tough times. Um, before we go, mate, is there anybody you want to, you know, recognize or acknowledge for having played a part in your journey, you know? Well, mate, it's, I always say if I didn't have the childhood that I didn't, that I had, mm -hmm. I mean, none of this would have been, none of this would have been possible. You know, I, you know, I lost my father when I was really young. I was, mm -hmm. I was six when I lost my dad. So I was raised by like my mom and hanging out with my brothers and raised down the same road with yeah. all my family, you know, those, you know, traditional 
Maori upbringing. Yeah. Uh, my mum's side's Maori. Um, yeah. But I think those those values and that got instilled in me really young were you know family first, and you know it's, it's always been there with me um, yeah. right from the beginning through to how I work with my own kids and how I you know going to be raising them. So, yeah. but like families and everything, man. Family's everything to me. So if you know, I'm going to shout out to anyone is every single person that's been in my family or who is in my family and, yeah. and the people I've come across and the different teams I've played with and I think friendships and, and rugby is, is something that's, I always, you know, think back and just with good memories and just meeting people from different yeah. walks of life and, you know, traveling the world with them and um, going through good times and bad times, mate. It's been, yeah. It's been really good. So family's family's huge, and my teammates are just as big. So it's it's uh it's something that's incredibly important to me, both of them. Yeah, you can you can hear how important um, your relationship is with your kids and your wife Sarah through yeah. a lot of the stuff we've talked about, mate. I feel like she's been your sort of guardian angel and and kept <laughs> you on the path. So yeah, um, I I hope to meet her someday in person. Tell her I said hi and tell her family I said. Hi from Minnesota. Yeah. Um, well, um, thanks again, brother, for coming on the show. And and if there's anything I could help you with with the podcast, let me know. If you ever want to come back on and do another segment, I'd love to have you on. Um, but with that, mate, we'll sign off now. Unless you got anything else before we go. No, mate. I appreciate your time, mate. It's been it's been good reconnecting with you, and I'm definitely yeah. taking tips from my own podcast from you. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> Always awesome. learning, right? Always learning, man. That's it. <laughs> yeah.